we came across the Tim Tracker show. Tim Tracker show. And listen to you, old person. I know. Show. Was it wasn't? It's not called. It's not called the show. It's like it's. I think it's just called the Tim Tracker because it's a channel. It's not a show. Man, I am dating myself here. So that was. It's a talkie. (laughs) No, Um, I'm not that old. Welcome to the Honesty Policy, Episode Fourteen. I'm Patrick, and I'm Sarah. And this is a podcast about honest things. Whatever we're obsessed with, you'll get our honest thoughts. And today, on this episode 14, which sounds so exciting to say, uh, we're going to talk about YouTube shows. Now, we love YouTube. But we only have come to love YouTube really in the past few years. Yeah. This was not a thing, you know, back when it was free and it was just... <laughs> we didn't love when it was free. Yeah. We loved it when you had to pay for it. <laughs> back when it was, uh, back when you couldn't pay for it and it was yeah. just random videos. I, I don't know that I went on it very much at all. If, I think when I, if ever I went on it, it was to learn how to do something. It was only for how to things. So like when I was first doing the cutter, the oh, silhouette yeah. cutter. Okay. Whitney had said, hey, you should just watch some YouTube videos. And I was like, I don't know how to do YouTube very well. You know, like I was kind of real hesitant about, she's like, Sarah, you just type in what you're looking for and there'll be a video to walk you through. And I could slowly find that. So it was a little bit of YouTube stuff in it, like educational, but that was the extent of what we did YouTube. And then we had friends of ours who paid for YouTube. Was it Unlimited? Is that what it's called? Uh, no, YouTube Premium. Yeah, but yeah. it had like shows. Oh, that was YouTube TV. Okay, yeah. Because they have different so, I don't things. even know all the yeah, things. Yeah, it was YouTube TV. So our our sort of diving in, and now we would say, I could say we were kind of, that's our primary thing that we watch is YouTube. Yeah. It started really from COVID. I mean, all of us in the world were looking more on YouTube, and it just blossomed during COVID because regular shows couldn't put out content. So you had YouTubers who were doing their thing and they just have more free time because the world is shut down. So they create more content. And that's how we started watching some of it. Now we got more obsessed. We started in watching YouTube together because of gaming. So that's really kind of what we've already talked about this in our gaming episode. We came in with, what was Will Wheaton's channel? Uh, the uh, tabletop. Yeah. So we started with that, and then we moved to Rado, who was a gaming yep. teacher, and we watched that. So that was sort of the beginning of us into YouTube. And then before we were going to Disney in 2018, we came across the Tim Tracker show. Tim Tracker show. And listen to you, old person. I know. Show. Was it wasn't? It's not called. It's not called the show. It's like it's. I think it's just called the Tim Tracker because it's a channel. It's not a show. Man, I am dating myself here. So that was. It's a talkie. (laughs) No, Um, I'm not that old. But um, this was a gentleman who lives in Orlando who could walk you through different parts of Disney. And before we went to Disney on our Disney cruise and to Disney World. We watched that to get ourselves familiar with the different theme park. I'm not even saying those words right. Like, yeah, it, no, you got it right. And uh, I read, I recently read something about him that 
you know, someone was estimating he's probably the biggest uh, sort of Disney vlogger kind of guy yeah. right now. He's got millions of subscribers, but what is it's helpful? It was helpful information for us. Yeah. We were able to look at the hotel we were going to stay at before we went because of his. We were able to figure out the um, back, was it the riding fast, pa- pass. fast pass before it, I don't know what it is now, but like genie something, whatever that was. But we were able to figure that out. Oh, we definitely want to go on this ride. And, you know, those kind of pieces that was very helpful. And he, this is his career. Yeah. He and his, well, I, you say his family because his wife does it with him. So that was sort of the beginnings of our YouTube journey but for us now we watch youtube for fun partly honestly because we don't have time for hour-long dramas so i mean i think it's two things at the same time i think partly it's it's we don't have time but also i am i'm an old man and have fully embraced my old manness. Oh, wow, okay. I didn't even have to bring us there. You brought us here. I did. I just okay. am driving the driving the <laughs> truck here. Uh, yeah, I am fully embracing my old manness of. I I find a lot lot of scripted shows dumb and sure. not worth our time. Now, the this, limited time we have to watch, this is not worth sitting down for. Basically. Now, listener, be clear. What we are going to be talking about today is not Masterpiece Theater. Yeah. This is... This is this not high-quality stuff. No, but it's at least 12 minutes instead of 45 minutes of stupid. Well, and especially for you, the ones that really hit home with you are something that has some form of humor. Yeah. yeah I think those resonate more with you. Because, again, you don't have time to sit through... Well, and the dumb... It, just the dumb contrived silliness. I mean, the, the same thing that always got my dad was when characters on shows did stupid stuff that was out of character if your character is a dummy and they do dumb things then that fits that's understandable but if you're not a dummy and completely out of your character you start doing really idiotic things just so that there's a 22 minute episode to happen i it immediately turns me off and so I'm probably, I know you disagree strongly, but I'm, uh, I'm a difficult person to watch I TV would never with. Exactly. Say that. I told that. you. I told you. Uh, out loud. Uh, but <laughs> Notice the silence. <laughs> but so partly it was we really did just not have time. Partly it was there were fewer and fewer shows that was the, that were appealing to both of us. Yeah, you and I have very different tastes in what we want to have watch when yeah. we're wanting to sit down and just binge something or just get lost in something. Yeah. We hit it at very different places, but we really prefer to be together watching something. So it makes it even harder the things to watch. So one of the beautiful things about YouTube is how wide open it is. So you don't have to have 47 executives in a TV studio agree that this can probably sell more Diet Cokes or whatever. If some random person wants to do a random video and throw it up on YouTube, they can. And we know that to be true because we have been those random (laughs) people. We have. So we've done several different things on YouTube, right? Yeah. So uh, one, I think my first dabble into putting something on YouTube, I started a devotion. Um, I felt really called to, and there's parts of me that really want to go back to doing those. Um, It was called Look Up Devotions. And it was... 10 minute, 20 minute videos of me giving a devotion. And I started this in between selling LuLaRoe where I became more uncomfortable in fr- front of the camera. Yeah. And then 
before COVID. So it was pretty much the beginning of 29... No, when was COVID? 2020. 2020. So it was the beginning that January through into March. Because I did my first one, my last one of my last ones when we were shut down for COVID. <laughs> thinking, oh, this is just a part-time, going to be shut down. Yeah. Um, but... It was a chance for me to engage with people who weren't close by, but I could still reach them. And then I could share it on Facebook and Instagram and, and reach people. So that was my first sort of dabble into YouTube-ness. I mean, all of the, you know, with, with COVID, having to suddenly get good at putting church stuff online. Yeah. Uh, we wound up having a, you know sort of baptism by fire, like lots of places. Oh, yeah, we have, it's fun to kind of go back now and look at pictures of how the two of us, it's almost like, you know, the one person band back in the old time where they had the drum and the cymbals and all the things attached to them. It sort of felt like that, but putting on a service. Like, yeah. because between you and I, one of us was pushing buttons, but then I would stand up to sing and then you would be up to preach and we would do all the pieces for a little while. And it was... It was challenging and interesting to try to figure all those pieces out. And it was uh, it was very clear, you know, God had prepared us because yes. through all of the LuLaRoe stuff you had done, I had done all the behind the scenes, but two or three times a week you were doing a live. You were yes. selling yeah. leggings. Or, I had lighting and we had, we had all tripods of, and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, we had all of that stuff and we had already gone through okay, how could we make this work? How can we get it to your Facebook page? How and in can fact, we... yeah, we did it to f- Facebook first before we ever yeah. did anything on YouTube in that respect. And so we we had we had cut our teeth on that. Mm. So when all of a sudden, within three days, we have to figure out how to put an online worship service together. And this was, you know, back when staff could actually still be together you know like we yeah we sort of cheated in the beginning not really it was a real big thing of, yeah you really can't be out of your house so uh you know our church my church didn't have high speed internet at the time which is a long story so we had to do it at our house and but we already had all of the stuff we already sort of knew how to do it and I would put our, you know, that March 15th, whatever that week, yeah. 2020, I would put that up against just about anybody's worship yeah. service because we... We pivoted well. We knew... And un- I can say we because I was serving with you yeah. at your church. I didn't have a separate church at the time. And but- we, But we knew enough about what we were doing on the technology and that yeah. other people would have had... No, they just never had yeah, no reason. Had, and yeah, it was... It, there are so many good parts of YouTube, and yeah. that one was one that saved many churches during yeah. COVID, was the ability to be able to still... Be connected. Be connected and worship. Um, so we, so my church still does that. We still... And I set up this super... <laughs> feel super elaborate because I'm the one setting all of it up on Wednesday <laughs> yeah. night. Our Sunday morning crew is incredible, and they handle all of that. I don't have to mess with that. I don't have to touch it. But Wednesday night is me and my laptop and about 14 things coming out of all the different ports and it works and it does. I'm glad it works that well. I'm glad that it does uh, and I'm very thankful because we have a few really faithful people who aren't close who feel very connected and want to be a part of Bible study on Wednesday night and so I'm I'm more than happy to do it but my YouTube is always sort of church looking trying to figure out and and honestly YouTube 
in my in the past has been a lot more reliable than Facebook is. We will. Oh yeah, you mean as in streaming wise? Yeah, we'll yeah. have flaky yeah. Facebook days. Yeah. Um, about the only weirdness I've ever had with YouTube is it kept changing the titles of my live videos <laughs> for a while. Yeah. <laughs> is that uh, you know we would you'd you'd get done with a video and then later that afternoon you go back and check on it and this was from a couple months ago and it would say Wednesday night Bible study from 2017. Go, nope. <laughs> Wrong. That's not what this is. So I actually used YouTube a lot in teaching, um, and I would not have thought of that. But had a friend who is a teacher. Shout out to MM, and she would show YouTube little clips of some fun song because she taught kindergarten, and the kindergartners would love to play that. And I remember at the time <clears throat> thinking, "Well, that's kind of crazy to be using that." As a teacher, you're now using YouTube. Yeah. Well, then I step into the classroom and I'm teaching religion. And there are so many churches that do children's curriculum, religious Sunday school teaching, Saddleback Kids. Um, Saddleback is a church in California. Yeah. But they have a whole kids team who puts on and teaches. They've, they've cartooned. They've done little animated shorts of telling these Bible stories and the kids in my classroom because I taught pre-k three through eighth grade loved them I mean absolutely loved them and now we're so so many kids are used to being in front of a screen in some way shape or form that actually teaches them in a better way than sometimes me just standing in front of them would yeah and so I would I used it for almost every lesson on walking through the Bible using 10 most of them like five minute videos I'm telling a Bible story which is yeah. wonderful yeah so it's very cool the things you can use. And I would say, I mean, it's it's mostly entertainment. We still obviously do the how-tos and the videos. and, and We totally just figured out how to do the vacuum on our dryer vent. Yeah, we did. And we watched three different videos to figure out how to hook up the vent and how to do it and make sure we're doing it correctly. I mean, that's the genius and that, of YouTube. And that threw off our algorithm for a while. It, it did. It the thought, things that popped up. It thought we really were fascinated with dryer vents. It was like, so, you want every dryer vent video? Well, here's an honest confession. Now that the kids are fully on YouTube as well, uh-huh. the things that they're watching now, I'm like, I don't know. Now I need my own separate YouTube because I'm watching. All, I'm getting all these other algorithm of things that they're watching now, that's throwing fair, me off. You say that about the kids. When I start watching stuff that you don't care about, you get grumpy. Oh, yeah, because then all your some video game thing that's on there or a guy yeah. that's selling something with doing something with a computer and I'm like uh, where's the tiny houses where's the <laughs> where's the craft videos <laughs> where's the 112 pound girls who are all talking about the same six books that are like hey, but they're fun books to look to <laughs> so we thought it would be fun to kind of walk through what videos YouTube's that we YouTube channels that we like I was gonna say shows but that, again I'm sounding old gosh what YouTube channels do we subscribe to and why? We thought yeah. it would be sort of fun to talk about it. So we'll just go back and forth. We have a list, but we'll kind of yeah. share which ones. You share ones that you are more excited about, and I'll sure. share ones that I'm excited gotcha. about. Okay. Go first. Uh, okay. So one of the ones that uh, I I don't even know that I like him, but I can't stop watching. He's a, he's a That's Brit- the problem with YouTube. It really does. You just get pulled in. He's a British guy, and he, he goes on these, like, like super fancy excursions and super fancy train rides and super fancy flights. And, uh, the channel's called Trek Trendy. And 
you know, it, it's exactly what you think. I spend 24 hours on, uh, you know, the most expensive flight in the world. Or, you know, I flew this blah, 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 first class, and it's a $12,000 ticket. And so you walk through what you get and what you get to eat and what you can do at the airport. It's fascinating. And Absolutely even fascinating. before you get to the airport, there's a shuttle that comes and picks you up and takes you to the special hangar that only this reach, so you don't have to even breathe the air of us pores. Like all of that <laughs> kind of thing. Basically and, ones we're never going to be able to do. Well, but. so part of it is that. Part of it is I'm never spending $10,000 on a plane ticket. Like I, yeah. I, I'm just... You we know. don't. We aren't. We well, like just we're we're not. Uh, except for when this podcast makes it big, then maybe we'll when be the tens switching, of people we'll be switching our podcast to more about travel. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we're moving. We're shifting to an exclusive. You could be a what's the sponsor like the um what's the way that they can sponsor us if they oh Patreon yeah Would you they... can be a Patreon supporter and eventually we'll be able to travel on your dime you can, yeah, so. you can pay. <laughs> we'll be happy to tell you about the wonderful trips you paid we for will. for us That'd be great I think we'll lose we're, listeners that we're way we're gonna have to work on our pitch <laughs> I think uh, but anyway the so this Trek Trendy guy uh, you know, he goes on the Orient Express train rides and he goes the longest train ride in Canada and he goes on the super flight that goes for... But you can take a shower in the... In, yeah, yeah like, the and first it's... First class something, something. And so part of it really is fascinating because it's a whole different world. And it really is. It's, it's it is. that curiosity of, wow, okay, like... Yeah. what would that be like? Mm-hmm. on an airline, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. And hearing him talk about, uh, like, I and I think... This kind of thing, you, you see it kind of change people, right? It can't, it can't help but sure. change people. And like, and and I feel like I've watched him long enough that when it was relatively new, he's like, "Oh, wow, this is amazing! This is incredible!" And then he complained on one of the latest videos because they didn't have caviar on his. Uh, yeah, on you know his you're, plate. you know you're, you know and, you're in a different class than we are exactly. when that's what you're complaining about. And I started laughing and went. Okay, yeah, they're not just like us. These <laughs> these are not, uh, but it is really interesting, and that's why I, I sort of start with hesitation because I understand this is not a, necessarily great for his soul or probably personality to be doing this. But the videos are interesting because it is a whole different world, and that, that's his job. I mean, that's yeah, his career. He makes though, enough which is money doing to that to do this, which is really cool. Yeah, but anyway, Trek trendy. Uh, probably one of my absolute favorites. I feel like I'm best friends with them, even though they've never... Actually, that's not true. But, so, (laughs) we are practically best friends. And I'll explain. So, the channel is Norp and South. K-N-O-R-P-P and South. The family is the Norp family. And it's a family of 11. They have nine children. Four of them are biological and five are adopted. And, um... They are, they live in North Carolina, so it was familiar where they were living. They live just an hour or 45 minutes north of Charlotte's, Charlotte? I always want to do Charlotte or Charlottesville. It's Charlotte. I don't think it's north. Oh, they are north of Charlotte. North of Charlotte. Not not Charlotte is north. They are north of Charlotte. Yeah. But they are Christian. They, um, she loves art painting crafty things she likes to thrift he is sort of learning how to build things they like to travel it they made a lot of money in essential oils or they something did that like they sold? Uh, young 
Live. I don't remember what the name of the it's Young Living or yeah. One of, it's one other? of the two Do, big DoTerra. It's not DoTerra. It's the other one. Okay. I, no, maybe it is. I don't know. I guess it doesn't. Matter. I don't know what it is. So they made it. <clears throat> they were high up in that pyramid of um, and they still have a lot of that business coming, but now they also just make on YouTube and they they RV'd with eleven people for a couple years. Which is they travel a, a lot and. A that's a that's a whole different uh, task. Yeah. Um. They homeschool all their kids, and that was an intentional decision. And I really liked. I I echoed what they kind of felt when homeschooling when we chose to make our decision for homeschooling for a while. So I I feel like they are friends, and I also follow. I followed them on Instagram, and Megan is the wife and the couple, and I feel like she and I are really good friends. In fact, because... one of the times. On Instagram, she was debating on painting a piece of furniture. And I had been messaging her through Instagram. And at first, I just she had put out a thing of, should I paint this thing or blah, blah, blah. And I, I answered it. And then I messaged her and said, I really think you should. And she and I actually ended up having a conversation. And then in her YouTube video, she mentions me because I had inspired her to do this painting on this piece of furniture. So, I mean, we really are like best of friends now. But I... The, the sad part, which is also the good part of YouTube, is it's in designed to bring us together in some way, shape, or form. There are some who rely on only their friends that they know of are through YouTube. But I love watching this family. And right now they're renovating this little tiny house to be their dream home. And it's still going to be a small house, but they're making really cool choices in it. And I've never renovated a house and don't think I ever will renovate a house because I just don't know what to do. But they're more risk takers and figuring things out. And I'm fascinated. So they've not been as regular in their videos, which I've been kind of down about. But if they air one, I am within 24 hours wanting to watch it. So North and South, I am obsessed. So this one is one that we tend to do as a family and uh, it's called Screen Crush. And Ooh, yeah. it is uh, sort so it's sort of set like it's in an old blockbuster. The, there's one guy who Ryan Airy. stares at the camera, wears a blue polo like he wears a blockbuster, and yeah. there are old videos behind him on the wall. Yeah, so you get the sense of it, but the but all that this channel does is um, explain like Easter eggs and things you would have missed in popular sort of sci-fi and. Fantasy, Marvel. Fantasy. They do some horror stuff too, I think. Oh, we don't watch any of those. We don't watch those. But uh, We started during COVID trying to find things to watch with the kids. And yeah. so we decided on, because not that a schedule really mattered, but on Friday nights during COVID night when we're all inside the house, <laughs> Friday nights are going to be our our kid movie watching. And we started back into Star Wars. And we thought we would start from the very beginning and go all the way through everything. And we have seen every star wars something out there and we watch them all well screen crush does easter egg videos on what you missed in and there's lots of there's lots of channels that do these most of the other ones i've seen are like 45 minutes to an hour and a half for like the easter egg stuff you see and i don't need my easter egg video to be as long as As the movie as the movie that i just watched these are like 10 to 20 minutes at most, and 20 minutes is if it's like a feature length. He talks fast, and he pops they, them out there. They go through, and it is, it's really fun. It adds another level to 
what the your the, understanding what, of the story and and so we will watch whatever the latest episode of a marvel thing or a star wars thing on disney plus and then we will go over to youtube and watch the screen crush where they have put out a thing saying hey you may have noticed that the music echoes the music in return to the jedi return of the jedi or this guy appeared here but He's going to be the big baddie, you know. In blah, blah, blah episode. Or they're really good about, because we don't have any sort of background on the Marvel comics. And so, yeah. like, some character will show up in a Marvel movie or Marvel show, and we go, oh, oh. And we go over there, and he can explain it. He makes the story, he just gives you more background. And so you can understand, if you are into fantasy or Marvel or Star Wars-esque, he does other things, but that's what our family absolutely And our kids... Have gotten well, now that they've watched so many screen crush videos. Yeah. Now, when we watch a Star Wars episode, they'll catch something that you probably wouldn't have noticed because you know that Ryan Airy, screen crush guy, is going to say something about that. And so it's actually enhancing how they watch things. They're becoming little little nerds like we are. So. So and the best part of screen crush is that his boss is the dog Doug. Who yes, they put in a polo as well. They put in a polo and give him a little voice. It's as silly as it sounds, but yeah. it honestly, it works. It's they make great. it work. It's just it, totally great. It, it shouldn't work because as I'm saying it, I would be judging. You're a little embarrassed about it. I, know, <laughs> I, would be, I would be judging very hard. So if you find yourself judging very hard, I get it. And I'm not offended, even though it was hurtful. And you need to stop. <laughs> Jesus doesn't want you to. But Go watch Screen Crush, then you'll be fine. It's... So they they have a bunch of other videos where they're sort of doing theories and that kind of stuff. We don't, I mean, they even screen crush like trailers that are coming out. Again, yeah. if they're big we trailers coming we out. We don't really mess with those theory stuff. We no. just do the Easter egg videos and things you would have missed, that kind of thing. Um, and that for us is enough because we don't need to talk about it all the time. No, but we like it. We're nerds. We like yeah. some of that kind of stuff. So there you go. Screen crush. So being... I've talked about it a couple times on here that one of the things that's hard for me is coming up with meals and, and pl- meal planning. And I have a wonderful calendar that helps me kind of meal plan out things, but we get tired of the same old stuff. Well, obviously on YouTube, lots of people post videos of recipes and new ideas for dinner stuff. And I had found two or three different ones that taught how to what's for dinner or what some of those kind of things and i've watched through many of them but i have a favorite and really they're not doing i hate to say this not doing anything that i couldn't already do or haven't already made myself but i find them entertaining and one her name is jessica o'donohue um and she lives in south carolina and again, us Southerners, we kind of speak the same language, so they make the same things that we would normally make, and they like the same. They go they to the same a, restaurants. They go to the same restaurants. They got kind of a country accent, and I absolutely love it. But she'll make little recipes that I th- I find fun. And she had a friend, Mandy, in the making, which was another video that we watched for many year channel that we watched. So it's for me, it's recipe stuff. There's air fryer videos that we've loved, and there's. Yeah, there's a lady who's just the air fryer lady. Yeah, I don't remember what her name is. I don't remember her name um, either. But there's a pressure luck where a guy does only Instant Pot stuff. <laughs> this you know, is and, like a New York accent yes, guy. Yes, but he does great stuff, so and, it's just fun to watch. And he always puts borson cheese in whatever and he's doing. hello, borson cheese is good. I, I, I would not I, have even tried it. I was about to say, did you know about it before? I didn't know about it until Pressure Luck, okay, which was so, another one of those channels. That, so borson cheese yes. is, how would you describe it? It's like a lighter, it's a... A whipped cream cheese with flavoring. 
is probably the best way to put it. Because we, we like the garlic and herb one, and it actually has little chives in it. Like, you can taste texturally, but it's it's like a... It's like a cross between cream cheese and goat cheese. Yes. I think it's sort of a, that mix. Look at you. Um, and it's it's whipped, so it's lighter and fluffier, more airy. And it's always in the most random places. And he'll put it in whatever he's making. Yeah. But his stuff looks good. So yeah. for me, it was... Uh, obviously, I love to watch people cook food because I go, oh, that's inspiration. But for me, it was Jessica O'Donohue, Mandy in the Making and Pressure Luck. And I'm going to clump those together because yeah, that's a good one. I sort of rotate between all of them. And if some of them have a good looking recipe, great. I'll watch it and I might make it. And other times I go, nope, that's a fish thing. And I'll fast forward right through it or not even watch it. But they're still in my repertoire of want to watch someone make food. I have, uh, so I like, um, I like computer games. I don't often get a chance to play them. Um, but Civilization has always been one of my favorite games. There's, I played it when it this was... This is a computer game. A computer game. I played it when it was original OG Civilization. And I've played every version of it since in some form or Where fashion. Where you are building your own civilization. You're building your own civilization. Like Sims-like? Uh, like Sims, but more... On bigger scale. Conquest, more building uh, fewer people, more units and different things where you're trying to take over areas you're trying to fight all the other people the hilarious uh story about this is in the original uh, in the original civilization they had a you you take over a country and you play as as one of the famous leaders of that country so if you choose the united states you get abraham lincoln if you choose egypt you get uh cleopatra or somebody you know that so if you chose India, you got Gandhi, Mahatma mm-hmm. Gandhi. Okay. They tried on the scale. Now, I, I don't know the computer terms well here, but neither do you. So you're not going <laughs> to... Not going to question yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, they, obviously, Gandhi is going to be very peace-loving. Yeah. Right? So they put him as far as you could on the peace-loving side versus a warmongering, like Genghis Khan, mm-hmm. for example. Somehow... Whatever they did, it went over back to this side. So like evil Gandhi? Gandhi is, in original civilization, Gandhi will nuke you until you are completely decimated. This, of course, is so hilarious in terms of breaking the game. In terms of what? That they've sort of kept it in as a joke from that point on. That That's kind of funny. Gandhi has this sort of uh, maniacal kind of uh, kill the world kind of chaotic evil streak. Have you, how long have you been playing Civilization? Oh, that's a good question. Because I played it. I can't remember. I mean, like, did you always watch? Did you use YouTube to help learn how to play the game or to get into the game? Or this was pre-YouTube? Oh, this was pre-YouTube. Um, 1991 is when Civilization came out. So I started playing it when I was 11. Oh, man. And I it is on Civilization 6 now. And I've played every version. 5 was incredible. There are people who say 6 is better. I'm not sure 6 is better. Um, but... Uh, I can get into that if you want. But, yeah, but we'll, we'll leave that. We'll have our listeners email, and if they email wanting a whole one, you can do a whole podcast on your you're own gonna about delete it civilization. Before, you're going to delete it before I see that email. 
No, okay. no, that's you're just doing it on your own. I just okay. won't be present. You just for that won't be one. okay. So you're welcome to do it. That's totally fine. Anyway, yeah. there are people who um, play these games and record them. Obviously, they sometimes stream them on Twitch, um, but they record them and put them up on YouTube. And so I can get a hit of Civilization without having to be so into it that I'm spending hours and hours and days and days getting good at all the different things. So there are three or four that I like. One guy's named Quill18. Um, there's a guy who's uh, Irish, and he, he's his YouTube screen name is Potato McWhiskey. <laughs> and uh, he... So he has this uh, sort of cartoony potato that zooms out to you at the start of every video. And he goes, hey, spuddies. And that's, I don't know. Like, that's as much as I know about it. But these guys are into. They're professional civilization players. Basically. They make a living playing, playing these games. So technically, players. yes, they are professional gamers. And they choose to game this way. And uh, so the, there's this whole, there's another one of the sports, the soccer simulation game that I like mm-hmm. that this guy named Lujo, uh, who he, um, he makes his living on Twitch and YouTube streaming this game five days a week. And it's a, Tough life. it's a soccer simulation where you're the coach. And when he, in the game, gets hired as the coach of a certain place in real life he goes and goes to a game at that place so that he can sort of experience what it's like (laughs) and this whole this whole genre you know if I didn't have a job and a career and life and these kinds of things I would fall into this hole and get lost in it but to be able as in to watch or actually want to do it oh well not not do it for other people but I would just play on my own and get lost in it but I I can watch um I can watch these guys do it and get enough and go, okay, that's good. It's time to come back to real life and real people now. And so it's not, it doesn't work like a gateway drug for me, which I originally thought. It actually reminds me like, nope, I'm okay. I'm good. Uh, I can, it's good that I'm a part of civilization. Yeah. Not, not civilization, but civilization. real world yeah. civilization. So, uh, so there's a whole chunk of gaming and these are the ones that you roll your eyes at. When you see this is them, the one that messes up my algorithm. Yeah, these things. because there are a ton of these, so the algorithm can go, "Oh, you want to watch some of these?" And it opens. I'm up. Like, no, I just want my craft videos back. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. No, I know that. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you got? Um, so something else that I absolutely love is one called Peru's Project. Um, and she is her last name is Peru's. I didn't know that. It is her okay. name is Reagan Peru's is her name. And she is getting married, but she is a booktuber. Um, And she will talk about, she'll do reading vlogs where she's reading for 24 hours. Here's what I've read. And she's a fast reader, but she reads. The video isn't 24 hours. She cuts and jumps. She does. It's not a 24-hour video. But she is over a span of 24 hours is vlogging a book that she's reading. Or she'll make, I love lists. Man, it just makes me so happy. But she'll rank books that she's read for the year or this is what I'm reading for this month and she'll do a TBR which means to be read list and she'll showcase each book and talk about the books and I have found a lot of ideas in reading from her but I also found that her tastes and my tastes are very similar and so if she's read a book that she didn't like or gave it a low star and I happen to have read it. I'm like, no, that's exactly why I didn't like blah 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 so it's inspiration I love books if you guys want to make me happy 
let me shop in a bookstore. Like that makes me very happy. And if I wish I had more time to read, but this is my chance to get new ideas to put on my to be read list. Um, and there's several out there. I have a couple others that I love as well. Jessie May is one that I still watch that she's different, but still does book stuff. So there's a ton of booktubers out there. I love watching them see how their shelves are put together. And that's like, like that's, I would love to have a library where I could, where I could put all my Funko Pops and my little brick heads and do a whole thing. And I would do my own book YouTube thing. Talk about the books that I'm reading and would absolutely love to do that. So I, if it's just me in the room watching a YouTube thing, that I'm watching a book tuber of some sort. Probably Peru's Project would be my number one. So. And then those all show up on the algorithm of all the... Throws yours off. And it's like, who are all these girls talking about TBRs? What is this? You're welcome. And it's really... One of the things about YouTube I find hilarious is the algorithm will serve up to us not just stuff that has 20 million videos. No, it's a good range. I mean, you know, there's, the, yeah. there's the Mr. Beast guy who is, I think, maybe the biggest YouTuber. And he started out in gaming, but now he does a whole bunch of stuff. And, like, I don't even know who that is. It, um, he's, he's huge. Like, he'll, his videos will do 100 million views of stuff. And well, I mean, we've talked at one point about a bee's knees that was Good Mythical Morning, yeah. which was a YouTube channel. And they've been around for... 20 years? Oh, yeah, 20... I don't even know YouTube existed 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's be honest. But right. they have millions of viewers for a five-minute video where they're... Eating Eating some horrible pieces. food and <laughs> laughing about it. You yeah. know, like... Yeah. It shouldn't make sense it and it shouldn't work. And that's... I mean, that's the point I was getting to is the thing that the algorithm give, sends up. I find it fascinating... The ones that have 100 views, the ones that have 500,000 views, you know, sometimes sometimes you can definitely tell quality difference. You yeah. can tell, uh, you know, we watch a, um, I'll go ahead and put this one next. Yeah, go for it. Um, the uh, Endless Adventure is, oh, yeah. is a, uh, this couple that is taking their RV and pulling a jeep behind it and just going around and traveling and seeing everything they had trouble with their rv so they had a different uh they get you know rented a different rv you know and they've because that's their living that's their home that's their home they each of their videos makes like five or six hundred thousand views so they can make money they can live off of this and what's fascinating is they have a little animated intro of the two of them waving out of their RV. Cartoon a Little animated. cartoony animated thing. When they switched, and they've switched three or four times to have different vehicles that they're taking on this particular adventure, they will have a different cartoon ve- so one intro. Of, one of them must do it, or they know somebody who can do these things. So, like, some of those... Quality. Some of those kind of quality levels are incredible. But there are also... Like, I'm going to set up a tripod and I'm going to sit here and talk to you. And they make 400,000 views. And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense, uh, the rhyme or reason of it. And so I find it, it's, not a, it's not a jealousy thing. It's really a curiosity thing of we'll watch some really well-produced stuff that has 5,000 views. And, you know, yeah. like, if we got 5,000 views on something, we'd be, it would be amazing. we'd be flipping out. But... They look quitting like, our jobs being YouTubers, <laughs> but they look like they're really going for yeah. it, and I'm sure they're frustrated. But that's some of them say this is how you get going. It's, yeah. it's several just, years of doing this, just churning and growing and growing these pieces. Like, 
So one that I do not love, but we still watch all the time, is the deal guy. <laughs> like, y'all... Okay, so this guy... He's a former, like, <clears throat> TV anchor news guy. So he'll go, these are the deals of blah, blah, blah. And he'll, he literally, for January, will walk through Costco and take a video of some of the things in Costco and show the price and he'll talk about it. And he goes through Sam's and he'll go through Aldi, like all the places we still go and shop. And he just tells you what's there. And I still find myself sitting and watching yeah. the deal guy. Yeah. Or there's a lady that does do it on a dime and she does uses Dollar Tree items to crafty ways to use them in her house. She's pretty much doing the same thing over and over again. I still find myself watching them and she has millions of views. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. So I the algorithm of what it serves up and doesn't I find really fast. I'm sure there's all kinds of shady stuff that happens. I don't oh. want I don't want to know about. So I don't either. I'm just going to stay ignorant and assume that oh that's on the happy side of you. That wacky algorithm. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. goodness. Um, okay, so... I think it's on me. Yeah. Um, one of the things... So we, during YouTube, they don't... Is it Bon Appetit was uh, a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And they had a girl, Claire Saffitz, yep. who was one of their chefs. And she would do videos that where she would take a popular junk food and replicate it but not having been given any recipe. She sort of makes up a recipe on the spot to try to figure out how to match. Okay, I'm going to make my own Kit Kat. I'm going to make my own... Snickers. Snickers. I'm going to make my own Fruit Loop cereal. I'm going to make my own Ben & Jerry's ice cream. I'm going to make... Whatever. So we got into watching that... The technical side, because she was much more technical in how she taught She'd things. She'd been classically trained. So oh, this yeah. was is, this was not like Mandy in the making or no. Jessica Don. This she is, not, is high quality. She is a chef professionally. <laughs> this is not a, hey, we threw this stuffing mix in, and <laughs> then we threw this cream of mushroom <laughs> soup in. Them crescent rolls. It's, no, and, it's not uh, that. And it's great. No, no, it's not that. So we started watching that and loved the sort of technical pieces of teaching, which led us to America's Test Kitchen. And we've spoken about this mm-hmm. on here before. Briefly, a few of our recipes we've gotten from America's Test Kitchen. But America's Test Kitchen also had a a channel called Cook's Country. And those two I sort of put in the same category. It is chefs teaching you how to cook, but really having tested out how to cook key lime pie or how to cook beef stroganoff or how to cook a steak. And they've tested all the different ways, all the different pots and utensils and recipes and so i love those videos i again love watching someone cook food for an idea of something to make but especially america's test kitchen because it teaches you the like i'm gonna say the right way like it it's a good way on how to make it and we've tried several recipes and have loved the things we've made yeah not just like oh yeah they're okay loved them no it's become that's one of our favorite things to watch because we get really good ideas oh, for things yeah. that we want to do and we just watched one yesterday that was six minutes long but it was just on no churn ice cream and it looked amazing so and they had five different flavors that they made yeah yeah just so america's test kitchen now i did talk about claire Saffit. she's no longer with bon appetit she now has her own channel and she's reading written a couple different dessert books but Hers are also, again, very technical, very fascinating to watch her do desserts. So those are two other, 
I gave you a freebie one. Um, so these are some of our YouTube channels that we love. Uh, and it is so much fun to be able to have all of these different things both be fun, but also educational in the things we are picking up. Oh, yeah. We and, could talk for a lot longer of the things that we love to watch. but Yeah. So this is good. So um, we'd love to hear from you. What are you guys watching on YouTube specifically? Because as we said, we don't have time for very many shows. <laughs> so tell us about a channel that you are obsessed with and loving and why you're loving it. And we'll check it out. Email us at DevaneWorld at gmail.com. Okay. Now it's time to for our Bees Knees. So the Bees Knees every week is our chance to talk about what we're loving, what's really making us happy. Yeah. So why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, start a new book. Um, it's uh, I think it's the latest from Stephen King. I think so too. And it's called Fairy Tale. It's very different. You know, you it's think fantasy, not horror. Fantasy, not horror. So you uh, are already sort of in a different. I mean, he's his the cover. I think is beautiful on yes, this one. It's yes. very cool. Six hundred pages. So it is. You got to mean Come it. Come on, get into the fantasy. You got to mean They're it all to that do many. it. And uh, I'm about 220 pages in, 230 pages in, and the story looks like it's going to take a big shift because several big things have just happened. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really curious. Sometimes in the stuff I've written of his, or read of his, uh, you know, 80% of the book's incredible, and then it sort of falls off a cliff. Sure. Um, Under the Dome was a book specifically like that. Um, 1963 was had some of that too. So I'm hoping... Knowing that this book is shifting now, I'm I'm a little nervous that the next section is going to be not. So it's going to be not so great. But he is, uh, you know, here's a hot take. Pretty good writer. He uh, <laughs> he might become something. Someday. I'm telling you, that's Stephen uh, King. He write may, that, maybe write that down. Maybe everybody. he'll go somewhere. You should check him out. So uh, the book is called Fairy Tale. And it is, so, you know, a third of it is really good. <laughs> That's all I've read so far. So the first That's third. That's a good Two thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what do you got? So mine's sort of a, a larger topic is just ad, I'm sorry, app shopping. And app convenience, curbside convenience. So the one of the individuals that I work with asked me to order Chick-fil-A for her because she didn't have the, and I quote, the special way to get it delivered. And I said, well, that's an app. You just put the app on your phone. She goes, oh, I can't, I don't even know anything about that. And I was like, okay, give me your phone and I'll put it on your phone. So I put a Chick-fil-A app. <clears throat> now, I use a lot of Chick-fil-A app. We use the McDonald's app. I use the Target app so I can just pick up my whatever I need to pick up that week. I mean, let's talk about just convenience is app shopping and curbside pickups. So Chick-fil-A, huge. If you're not already a Chick-fil-A app person, and I still amazes me the people in the drive-thru who aren't, don't do the app, you get rewards for these apps. And I didn't know this. This is a new thing. We didn't do McDonald's apps, but I commented one of the times we were randomly picking up something for the kids, like the prices had gone up at app at McDonald's and you commented, well, if you, that's, they want you to use the app because they have deals on the app that make the prices lower. And I was like, that's not really true. No, it is people. So are you saying, Oh yeah. I just, this one time you were right. <sighs> so <clears throat> on about a McDonald's app, let's, let's, Hey, I'll take whatever win <laughs> I can get. So apps are convenient and they are making my life good right now the times that i because even today i went and picked up 
Mother's Day lunch and did curbside. And it was super smooth and easy to make the order. It was so, and even the guy, when he brought out my food, he was like, you are so smart because our wait time at this restaurant is an hour and 20 minutes right now. But in less than 30 minutes, I had our food and was back out. And I never got out of my car. I pulled up. They text me when my order is ready and I text them what spot I'm in. Like, I don't even, it could not be easier. That was Cheesecake Factory, by the way. So app in curbside is making my life happy right now. I've done, so I was doing the McDonald's app and I really impressed with it. I mean, it's, it's been really great. Even as I was, you know, as we were traveling, uh, I guess when we were going to New York, it automatically sensed when we changed to where there was another McDonald's closer because yeah, so it automatically changed it. It automatically changed it without me because because I was afraid it was going to have my normal one, not the one we were actually close to. And he went, "Oh no, this is the one you're close to. Do you want this one?" And I wouldn't have even known what to call it, but it had the address for it and it knew where it was. So it there... just makes life so much. And because we are so busy, I I love the Target app. Mm. Not only for curbside putting in your order and you can drive up and they'll bring it to your car or you could drive up and go inside and pick it up. But also, if I happen to get the opportunity to walk in and shop, if I have something in my cart, I can look at that item and it can tell me what aisle it is supposed to be on. Like, it's yeah. it's the map one step further. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. Yeah. The convenience of that. And I don't know if that makes me lazy, but I... This week especially, I have noticed how much of a convenience app purchasing and pickups are and how much it makes my life happier. I mean, even on really busy times, we'll do a Walmart pickup. For groceries. Of groceries. Yeah. It's just so much easier when we're busy. And so that's my happy place. I've got, I'm in the signature um status for chick-fil-a not I mean, brag they, or anything I mean, like, i'm as high as you can go <laughs> but um because i get sweet tea a lot but the convenience of it yeah. uh, it just is it is so much better so Good. that's my bee's knees is apps well there we go who knew what are you loving this week we would love to hear from you always you can email us at devaneworld at gmail.com we really love to hear from you guys on what you're listening to what you're obsessing with what's your bees knees and for this week tell us what you're watching on youtube share with us because we would love to have a new channel (laughs) all right we love you guys have a good week bye bye